While this podcast will cover information about how to access therapy and other mental health services, it is not intended to be a substitute for said services. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you feel you are in need of mental health assistance, please seek out licensed professional care in your area. that type of therapy podcast. Welcome folks to Mental Health Quest, the therapist office and beyond. We're here to answer your questions about mental health, including how to access it, what it looks like, Why should you do it? All of the above. And so much more. Hey everybody, this is Charlene McPherson. I go by she, her, hers. And I am Benjamin Tynes. I go by he, him, his. And welcome to Mental Health Quest. Aren't you excited to be back? It's our third episode. Technically fourth. If we consider that like intro episode where we were just talking about ourselves a lot. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So here we go. So again, we just at the top of the here, we wanted to say thank you to our listeners for the support that you all have shown. If you do enjoy our content, please rate and review us on whatever platform you're using. Some have the ability to review, some don't follow us, like us, whatever platform you're using. (laughs) Send us a smoke signal, you know. Yeah. Whatever it is, just like us. (laughs) Like me, please. Um, And then that'll help other people find our content, uh, which that's really what our purpose is to try and reach as many people as possible to get this information out. Also, we're here to answer your questions about mental health. So please send any questions you have uh, that we can cover on the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, just send those questions to mentalhealthquest1 at gmail.com or you can find us at on Facebook and Twitter at MHQ Podcast at MHQ Podcast. I think that's anything to add, Benjamin? No, I think we got it. Uh, please send us questions. We would love to answer them on air, as it were. Mm-hmm. Though we're not really on air, we're recording. (laughs) But we would still love to hear from our listeners. And you can, you know, please follow us on those social media pages. You can send us messages through those social media pages. And if you have questions for us individually, you can still email us at the mentalhealthquest1 at Gmail and just let us know who the email is for and that person will respond to you. Definitely. And so on this episode, we're actually going to cover how does therapy work? More specifically, we're talking about the basics of therapy, neuroplasticity, which is one of my favorite words, and cognitive dissonance. So those are our three major points of how therapy works. So the first one we wanted to cover was just um, kind of the expectations of therapy, right, Benjamin, that... There are certain things we do, and there are certain things we don't. There are things that people ex- think about therapy that's like, no, that's that's not actually therapy. That's just something else. But there are also things that, you know, this is actually mm-hmm. what therapy is. And people are like, wait, but I don't like that. Oh, well, sorry. Like, yeah. This is therapy. So what it is and what it isn't. Um, so Benjamin, you want to start us off? Uh, yes. First of all, you know, one, I think kind of, expectation that some people have about therapy that's not really the case is they think that the therapist is just gonna either a tell them what to do and and that's it like okay what should i do how do i fix this and that's it like it's just a quick snap snap thing (laughs) but it's not like it's a process we have to like dig deep and and everything another thing is some people expect therapists to just listen and you know not and like kind of agree with you and 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 complete and always validate you and say that you are right no matter what well we do <laughs> validate your experiences that 
just because something is valid does not make it true. And it's an important part of therapy that we challenge you. If you are, you know, having some behaviors or thought processes that are not really good, it's our job to challenge that and make you uncomfortable. Like we, <laughs> we have to make you uncomfortable. Otherwise it's not working. I think that's the theme of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, we're going to make you uncomfortable. Making you uncomfortable is the biggest part of therapy. Um, yep. Because it's in order for you to really grow, you have to really come face to face with what what's not right. Or what's not going well for you. And this actually happened to a coworker of mine at uh, this clinic that I work at. She was doing a couples uh, counseling. And the guy was basically like, well, you're supposed to just do what I say. Like, what kind of therapist are you? And my, my friend was like, no. My job as a therapist is to challenge you because you're clearly not doing something right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Like, if you were perfect, why are you coming to therapy then, if you think mm -hmm. you're so perfect? Um, right. So that's, I think, the biggest thing is therapy is to challenge you. We are not just there to make you feel good. And it's not to fix you. Yeah. Right? We, because we there's nothing, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Yeah. You're just dealing with um, issues stress and the way the world works and biology and mental health stuff and family stuff and whatever it is right yeah you're not broken in the sense that you're a failed human being you know so we can't fix anything like that what you're dealing with is you're dealing with potential you know brain issues you know mental illness is a biological thing that that those are medical things Yep. So you're dealing with a, with a condition or you're just dealing with life and all its complexities. And that, that doesn't make you bad, doesn't make you wrong for struggling. In fact, it makes you human to struggle. Right. And the fact that you're asking for help by sitting in my office or, or talking to me via the web. To me, I, I say to my clients that you're probably stronger than a lot of people, right? Because it takes a lot of strength, a lot of determination to to come up to somebody and say hey i need help mm -hmm. i don't know what else to do a, a, um, something i say to my clients is you know people always think that superheroes do things by themselves but if you look through every superhero comic and movie a tv show they're never completely alone no nope. they have people that help them whether it's a sidekick or you know, Alfred the Butler, who really, yes, in my Alfred, mind, is like the greatest person say. ever. Like, come on. <laughs> we all need an Alfred. Maybe not as a butler, but someone to just support us and guide us. The doctor always has a companion. Exactly. Always. The doctor can't <laughs> travel through time and space without, you know, Amy or anyone else. <laughs> Amy is the best, in my opinion. So, <laughs> Sorry. Rose. Sorry, I, I'm a I'm a tenth Doctor Rose fan. It, it's ironic uh, that I love the tenth Doctor, but I don't like Rose so much. So in my mind, Amy should be with the tenth Doctor just because I, I would like go. that. But that if you think about it, it was the tenth Doctor just in a different body. Exactly. There he you changed. Go. He grew. <laughs> he went to therapy. Um. <laughs> or he should. He had. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the doc. That's a that's a conversation within itself. That's the a whole other podcast. To to therapy. That's yeah, a like, whole other podcast. If someone wants to hear that podcast, let us know. We will we'll get right on that. <laughs> and and I guess too the the other thing too is is we're actually trying to put ourselves out of business, right? <laughs> like we that's what that's what I say all the time is I'm here to help you get through whatever you need to get through help you build the skills, help you build the coping mechanisms, create that toolkit so that you don't need me anymore. Like exactly. you may need to check in every once in a while, but you don't need me at that moment in time. And if you need me again, that's absolutely fine. It may be a different situation. It may be, you know, something completely different, but it, we are trying to put ourselves out of business. This isn't going to, therapy isn't forever. No, it isn't. It's not a forever thing. It, it you know, in fact, most, the average Time and therapy, depending on how often you, you meet with a therapist, could be like even as small as like a couple of months, depending on what mm -hmm. you're dealing with, how often you see the therapist, 
there's no like mandatory. Okay, you need to be seeing me for you know two years and three months and seven days. Um, yeah. You know that was a completely arbitrary number. Don't actually <laughs> ask your therapist if you have to see them for that long. Um, but you know, therapy goes for as long as you need it in that moment. And the moment right. that either you or the therapist feel that you are no longer at that same kind of level where you need the therapy so regularly, we definitely try to like shorten it down. So we're like, if you're doing really well and you're pretty stable and you're holding yourself even keel, then maybe instead of weekly, we'll go every other week and then every, right. you know, every three weeks and once a month and, and then mm-hmm. congratulations, goodbye. Like you don't need yeah. me anymore. And that's, that's you've the graduated. greatest. That, exactly. You've graduated. It is a celebration. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I haven't yet had a, a graduation from, you know, working out in the clinic, but when I had patients, you know, graduate, uh, you know, discharge from the hospital and the, who are like ready to discharge, they were there for a long time for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, minute, for average of six months was our, was our average, but more often than not, it was like a year or so you know, when they were finally ready to leave and they really had worked so hard and they really got it, I told them, dude, or do that. I don't know. I call them all dude. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> it's, I live in California. Everything is dude. Dude, um, dude, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, dude, you did it. You're, you've worked so hard. And now you never get to see my ugly mug again. <laughs> and, you know, it's that's the thing. That's what we want. We want you guys to not ever have to see us again. Mm-hmm. If you do, that's totally fine. It means there's something to work on. But we don't want you to have to come in. We want you to want to, like, get better and improve yourself. But, like, mm-hmm. if it's something that, like, you're just, like, so struggling so much that it's become absolutely necessary for therapy, then that's not what we want. We don't want you to be suffering. Right. Yeah, and I I've had a few a few we we call them termination sessions, which isn't necessarily the best wording. I don't necessarily like that, but I like a graduation that, is a lot better. Yeah, graduate. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna start calling them uh, uh, yeah. with my clients because termination sounds like I'm killing you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, not what we're doing. I you know I'm a, <laughs> I'm a therapist. I'm not an assassin. Um, <laughs> I'm an assassin for mental illness, but not (laughs) you as a person. (laughs) So I've had a few people graduate um, and it is very satisfying, right? Uh, Because in those sessions, we go over progress and we talk about the first time you came, we talk about the, you know, what's happening now, you know, and it's really nice to see the progress that's happened over time. And especially if it's for an extended period of time. Um, years or whatever, and then this person finally feels like they don't need you anymore, or they're they're able to move on. It's it's really great to see that person be able to walk out the door, and and I say, you know what, have a great life. Exactly, exactly. Call me if you need me, but have a great life. And yeah. they, you know, it's kind of bittersweet though sometimes. Yeah, because you, know, you get to know these people. Yeah, exactly. So you get to know their stories. You know, it's it's really great to to do that because you connect with people, obviously mm-hmm. with boundaries, but yeah. you do connect and you get to know this person in a deep way that maybe their friends or family don't really know them as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, so when you do finally, like, leave, it's, you know, it is kind of bittersweet. You know, you're mm-hmm. happy for them, but you're like, oh, darn, I really got along well with them. Now I have to start all over with another new client. Uh, right, right. it's tough you know sometimes when you get used to the your current clients and then one person leaves for whatever reason and then like you have a new person that you have to like wait a minute you mean you don't already know how i like you don't i don't already have this rapport shoot i had to build Mm -hmm. that but Mm -hmm. that's actually you know that's part of the process but another thing i wanted to mention that you know what therapy is slash isn't um and i've really been asked this a lot actually you know, considering I study psychology, people are like, oh, can you read minds? <laughs> um, no, I, I cannot read minds. I would like to be able to read minds, you know, if, if I could have. I'm any, not like, sure. 
If I could have like any mutant ability, I would totally love telepathy, you know, to be able to read minds and influence minds and, you know, because then A, I would really know if you're lying to me, you know, in therapy, because people do lie in therapy. If you think you're going to therapist's office and, you know, you're going to be completely 100% truthful, that's good for you. I'm so happy for you. But a lot of times Mm -hmm. people lie to their therapist because, again, they want the therapist to validate them. and that's not what I'm there for. We we do we do pick up on those lies. We 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 can't read your mind, but we can read your lies. I was gonna say, and and I really a few of my clients actually have asked me this question. They're like, Charlene, how did you know that? Like, I didn't tell you that. I didn't say it out loud. I was like, but I can hear it from everywhere. And it's not that I'm reading your mind. It's that we have seen people so often that there's very similar things that happen, but also your body language gives us tons of information. And there's, there's these things called micro expressions. If anybody ever wants to like, you know, go (laughs) dive deep into, you know, uh, you know, how to read somebody's face or whatever, but like your face will actually react to the things you're, you're thinking without you even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And so we get that information too. And that's kind of, we're the professionals who are trained to be able to read that information and use it to to help connect with you and help figure out what we need to do. So it's really interesting stuff. Actually. Yeah, it really is. And that's part of the challenging is because people are hiding things and mm-hmm. we need to pick up on those cues um, mm-hmm. because if you're hiding something, or if you're feeling like you don't want to share something, mm-hmm. then that's the exact thing that you should be sharing. Yeah, um, or that's, that's what if it's uncomfortable. Say, yeah, if you're feeling uncomfortable, then that's where your truth is. And yeah. that, that's what my both of my supervisors have told me, you know, is that like, you know, if, because uh, they told me this in the context of me in supervision. And they're like, if there's mm-hmm. something you feel you, you're not sure if you should tell me, then that's exactly what you should tell me, uh, which is like, wait, but I thought I shouldn't. <laughs> it's like, no, you need to tell me. <laughs> but I, it's actually the same thing in therapy. And I tell my clients this, you know, if there's something that you're avoiding talking about, then that's exactly what we should be talking about. If something is making you uncomfortable, that's what we should be talking about. Like, right. And hopefully we build the trust and the rapport with you. Rapport? 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 <laughs> with you for to be able to trust us with those really you know scary things um you know it's hard to share those things sometimes it really is and that's why much of the first couple sessions you know depending on the client is just -hmm. getting to know each other and getting comfortable with each other um because we want trust we want you to trust us because if you don't trust us then we aren't really going to be much help to you right now, uh, I also wanted to go over some like popular myths of what therapy is like. I think we covered one of them before, which is you don't have to lie down on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that at least for our type of therapy that that Benjamin and I do, uh, you don't have to lay down on a couch. You can um, if you want to. It's comfortable. Exactly. <laughs> Just don't fall asleep, please. please. Um. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I actually had a client lay down on the couch for the first time ever in my entire life, um, uh-huh. and she wasn't like fully laying down. She was more yeah. kind of like reclining. Recli- <laughs> no, like she was like leaning against it, like this the armrest, and like she curled up her like, like as if she was like curling up to watch a movie or something like that. She just got mm-hmm. really comfortable, and that oh, made me good. happy because if she's comfortable enough to to sit the way she would at home, that means she's comfortable with me. Right, and, right. You know that was great, and she, in my in my clinic, all the therapist rooms and all the couches do have blankets, you know, because it can get cold, and oh. so we want the clients. So she yeah. did like actually put on the blanket, and I was like, oh god, is she gonna fall asleep? No, she didn't fall asleep, <laughs> but she's just you know, I'm just gonna get comfortable here because we're gonna be in yeah. here for an hour. I might as well get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's, right. that's why we have couches. You're gonna be mm-hmm. talking to us for an hour. You might as well be comfortable. That's something I've forgotten. I've forgotten. I want a blanket in my my office, and I still haven't gotten one yet. You should get uh, that uh, Geek Therapeutics blanket that they're selling. Oh, I could do that, definitely. Um, and another myth, 
we don't constantly ask you, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't think I've ever actually asked that of a client. I try to avoid it at all costs. Sometimes, sometimes it is the only <laughs> appropriate thing to say. And I warn people, I'm like, look, I'm about to ask the, question. the, the thing that I try and avoid at all costs, but I can't think of any other way to ask it. How well, did that make you feel? Well, what, like, what how I, did you react to that? I, you know, what I try to say uh, with clients instead of how does that make you feel is what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, uh, you know, this event happened. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. What were you thinking at the time? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've actually asked people, how does that make you feel? <laughs> I ask how you, I, I do ask them, how are you feeling today? But like, yeah. that's, that's different. <laughs> yeah. And then a third myth is a popular myth from, okay, we might be dating ourselves, but like Goodwill Hunting. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's seen that movie. We're old, so it may be a little bit too old. (laughs) Um, There there is no, it's not your fault moment where all of a sudden everything's better because you realize it's not your fault. Progress happens slowly. Yeah, Um, You may have like, we call those light bulb moments. At least that's what I call them. And they, there's many that happen throughout a therapy process. It's mm-hmm. not just one. Yeah, it, it uh, it's many. It's not like any movie where people are going through hard times and everything, and and then one thing happens, and they have that like big life changing experience in that one time, and then everything's fine. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen like that. There are multiple moments where you're gonna be like, whoa, yeah. And, and that's that's exactly it. it's you know it's multiple moments of oh okay and and you mm-hmm. have you can see honestly as a therapist you could see the shift on their faces yeah uh, it's like great. That's talk my about talk about micro expression this is a macro expression because when they realize yeah. it when they like finally realize something mm-hmm. their face just lights up in a certain way that it's just nice. like. Like a flashing neon sign is just like epiphany, light bulb. Like you can almost see the light bulb floating above their head. Exactly. Yeah, no, except for when you're working with teens. Oh, oh it, <laughs> it, you know, I've only <laughs> just started working with teens, so I haven't had those moments yet, but I can't wait for it to happen. So then I can just, you know, it's what I amazing. Should, I you know what we should have in our offices is um little like cut out light bulb things where they can like, yeah. hold it over their head. Yeah. Like, ding. My teens, it's really funny. They'll have that light bulb moment and you'll see the light bulb go off. But a lot of the times, you know, teens being teens, they don't want to admit that you're right. So that smile that you get, it's like, shut up, Charlie. <laughs> They're like, I'm making no, a good stop point. smiling. Don't smile at me. I'm broken. You're not right. <laughs> No, I'm not going to admit it. I love it. That's one of my favorite parts of working with teens. And I'm like, okay, I'm just planting the seed. Just planting the seed. And they're yeah. like, chop, Charlene. I'm just plugging in the, the, the electricity, you know. <laughs> um, Is there anything else you wanted to cover in this section, Benjamin? Um, You know, we, we keep talking about, you know, therapy being challenging and everything, but you know, sometimes therapy is comforting. You know, mm. it mm-hmm. depends. Uh, you know, it definitely, a depends on what it is you're dealing with. Maybe you don't need to be challenged. Maybe you do just need validation to help process things and, and make you feel better. And that is totally fine. Um, that's just not the only thing that therapy is. But you know, sometimes you have those clients where that's what is needed is just you know, a lot of comforting talk and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I call it therapeutic communication because I'm just talking to you in a nice way. That's fine. Sometimes that's what they need. But, you know, I just want people to know that it's not always you're going to feel uncomfortable. Not always are we mm-hmm. going to challenge you and make you hate us. Though, if you're hating us, that means we're doing our job. Um, <laughs> but therapy can be very comforting and it can be... Okay. Really relaxing uh, at times, 
depending on how different offices are set up. My The clinic that I work at follows a very like holistic kind of feel. And so there's a lot of like incense and like mm-hmm. uh, meditation themes and whatnot. And we have the kind of music going and whatnot. It's really chill. And mm-hmm. for some people, they get when they first show up, they're like, this is weird. But then mm-hmm. they get used to it. And then they actually like, oh, okay, I'm actually feeling calmer. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. always have to be crying in therapy. You could be <laughs> laughing. Laughter, yeah. you know, if you're laughing at something, that's also good. Yeah, you if you want to be one of my clients, you got to be able to laugh. Uh, <laughs> Lord knows uh, I uh, I think I'm the funniest person in the world, so I'll laugh at myself if you're not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so please join in so she doesn't, you know, just laugh at herself. <laughs> Uh, but I think we can go on to the next uh, the next topic, which is neuroplasticity. This is one of my favorite this is things. The good stuff. This is it's very very good. So, do you want to start off with um, defining? So, obviously, neuroplasticity ha- is about is called brain plasticity as well, um, and it involves your brain and how all the neurons fire off and connect with each other and things like that. Wait, Benjamin, you, do you want to... Are you telling uh-huh. me that therapy has to do with the brain? I know, right? And this, <laughs> is, this is what I love. This is like... I'm so excited. Um, is, do you want to define yes. what neurons are? So in our brain, prepare for the biology lesson, everybody. In our brain, we have these things called neurons, which basically are responsible for passing electrical and chemical signals throughout your brain and your whole body. These messages, these signals are basically what tell your body to do what it's doing, whether it's right. to tell your heart to beat, your arms to move, you know, your butt to clench, whatever. <laughs> um, it all comes from the brain. And the brain also sends messages to other parts of the brain to kind of, you know, pull up information, to remember something to hide some, to file new information away, or to activate emotions and whatnot. Um, right. And a lot of this is, of course, it's completely unconscious. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of these signals, and vast majority of them, are completely unconscious. They're happening regardless of your intention, and that's especially where emotions come in. But what neuroplasticity or brain plasticity is is that when you make an active, conscious effort to think about things in a different way or to behave in a different way or to experience things in a different way, your brain realizes this and says, oh, okay, this is a new way of doing things. It's going to create a new neural pathway, which means that the messages are going to go a different route. Right. And that physically actually does change the brain structure. Yeah, we're not talking about abstract. We're not talking about like, oh, it changes your brain. No, literally, the gray matter in your brain <laughs> changes. Mm-hmm. Like the actual physical representation of your brain changes. And I just find that to be just amazing. And they thought in the past, they thought that um, by the time you were done uh, growing as a baby, like that your brain was set, you know, yeah, it grew. But other than like uh, when it comes to like um, creating new neurons and creating new pathways and creating things like that and then pairing away the old ones, they thought that the only way you could do that is in kids, right? Like it stops in childhood. You can't do that as an adult. But they actually have shown over and over and over again that neuroplasticity, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's Takes a lot of work. You know, you know, people are saying, oh, well, you know, the brain is developed by like age 25 or whatever. Like, okay, yes, it, it's, you know, finished growing, but doesn't mean it stops changing. Mm-hmm. Changing in the brain is different than growing in the brain. Um, right. And, you know, so the thing about neuroplasticity is basically for you to understand how your thoughts and your behaviors affect your body. And that's why, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is is really the mainstream kind of therapy. It's, it's mm-hmm. the gold standard for a lot of types of situations where you need to make big changes. You know, when you're 
if because clearly the route that the brain is taking to get this message here and to activate this certain part of the brain or whatever, that's not working for you because you're having a problem. You're doing something that's not helpful to you. That's called maladaptive, which mal meaning bad and adaptive, adaptive. But Mm -hmm. so by changing the thoughts, by like consciously saying, no, I'm going to think about this this way and I'm going to behave this way over time your brain says okay this is the new way of doing things everybody let's get on board and it creates this new route it creates this new pathway and the old pathway goes away yeah so i always say okay so it's like this i love metaphors i am a metaphor junkie so it's like when i when i'm specifically talking about anxiety right I'm like, your anxiety is an eight lane highway with no traffic. Like you can go down that highway a hundred miles an hour without even thinking about it. And you know where you're going. You don't even have to think. Creating a new thought pattern is like creating a whole new road. So you have to walk it first, you know, and when you're walking uh, in a pathway in the woods, you got to be chopping things down and, you know, fighting your way through. It's really, really hard. But the more and more you walk that path, the more and more worn it gets, the easier or better it is to to kind of go through. You're not ha- getting held up as much. And then eventually you can turn it into a road. You pave that road and then you have a new eight lane highway and the old one has fallen into disrepair because you're not using it anymore. And so it gets taken up and destroyed, it, right? It's, it's so interesting. It's so amazing. Um, also, <laughs> I don't know about you, but in where I live in California, we don't have eight lane highways. <laughs> when you first told me that, uh, I was like, wait, a highway with eight what? lanes? What? I mean, four, five <laughs> lanes, whatever. That's the, like, for anyone living in California, the four or five, the five freeway. You know, yeah, there's about four to five lanes average. Eight lanes is like, <laughs> I can't even process that. I need to I need to use my neuroplasticity to create that in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, uh, but I, I love that, that ability. We have that ability and, and it's almost changing, neuro, uh, using neuroplasticity to even change your mind saying like, oh, I can change this. I I physically can change how I see this. And there's um, the amount of neurons that are in your brain too. It's that it, I looked up some facts just so we have them as, you know, as a backup, but like 86 billion neurons in the brain and each individual neuron connects with 1000 other neurons. It's mind boggling. (laughs) It is mind boggling. And it's like, that's why we have to intentionally sit down and think about what we're thinking, what Mm -hmm. we're feeling, why we're doing the things we're doing is because it just happens so dang fast and so much that we wouldn't be able to concentrate on every single one of those. So our brain adapts by putting it kind of into the unconscious Mm -hmm. and we have to actually access that to be able to change thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? So uh, again, just the fact that it it changes your brain physically just blows my mind. I love it. Yes. And I mean, this is, you know, if you think about it, it's actually no different from other kinds of healthcare and medicine. You know, the, you're, mm-hmm. if you go to have surgery, you know, they are physically changing your, your whatever organ. They're cutting out the bad and, you know, putting in mm-hmm. good and whatnot. You know, it's it's almost kind of like that, you know, instead of someone drilling in your head, though, it's you doing it on your own, just through sheer willpower, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. And 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 tools and coping mechanisms and sometimes just hearing something out loud uh, from another person makes it a lot more real. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that my, I always ask my clients like, Hey, look, like if somebody said this to a friend of yours and you were there, you know, when it comes to like anxiety or depressive type of thoughts, would you just stand there and, and let them do that? 
no, like you wouldn't let people treat you, or you wouldn't let people treat other people the way you treat yourself. So, you know, we've got to change that. We've got to change it, change the expectations. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, along those lines is by getting the client to consciously think and identify that those thoughts are thoughts. That's a mm-hmm. really big thing is, you know, a lot of times, especially with anxiety and depression, where people have a lot of negative beliefs about themselves, Mm -hmm. they tend to really internalize those beliefs and it becomes their truth. It becomes their reality, but it's just thoughts. And we have Mm -hmm. a lot of thoughts throughout the day. I mean, I'm thinking about waffles right now. It doesn't mean I am (laughs) a waffle. So by having the client actually take the time to consciously identify those beliefs and thoughts as thoughts, it allows mm-hmm. you to create some distance between it. And that's yeah, it changing, does. And changing the brain to be like, oh, okay, this is not as prevalent. This is not as heavy. It's not as important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even with OCD, I, I kind of explain it to my clients where there's, everybody has so many thoughts bouncing around in their head. And I, I said, it's like a ping pong machine. Where if you had like a whole bunch of ping pong, just bing, 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 ding, ding, all over your brain. OCD will catch onto one of those balls and it will not let it go. It holds it on with all it, all its might. And you're trying to let it go and trying to let it go. But um, you, you, it's really, really hard to do that when it, it just keeps going over and over in your head. So, I mean, identifying these thoughts is, again, the way you change how you do things, how you see things you know, not change you. I always tell people too, we're, we're trying to find your best self. Yeah. Right. Like your best self is what we're looking for. And if you feel like that's not what we're getting, then we need to go a different route. Yeah. Right? And that's, uh, I think that's really a really good segue into the next topic uh, mm-hmm. because we're going to talk about cognitive dissonance, which, you know, the way to kind of heal cognitive dissonance, and I don't like the word to heal because it's not sick, but the mm-hmm. way to deal with cognitive distance is through the neuroplasticity. You know, it's mm-hmm. by making those identifications and recognizing, okay, this is what we want. This is what we have. Let's find a way to make it work. So cognitive dissonance is the way I think about it is the real, what you are currently versus your ideal self. The, you know, this is the way that you would like to be. This is what you want to see of yourself. This is the way you think your best self would be. And so it's kind of like you're looking in a mirror and the reflection doesn't match up with the ideal that we have in our head. And this reflection is overlaid with the ideal. So you can see where it's not fitting quite right. And so now you know where to kind of tweak. And where to kind of Mm -hmm. say, okay, this is not working out for me because it's not matching my ideal. I'm going to make some changes in this part of my life or this part of my life. And when you start making those changes, as I just said, neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. is, okay, this is the new way of doing things. And so you create your ideal and make your ideal a reality. Um, Mm -hmm. And the cognitive distance happens when basically – what we see is not what we want to see. We get uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And especially, you know, it's happening when we're challenging preconceived ideas, challenging, you know, hard-grained negative beliefs about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because someone who's gotten so used to, you know, the negative beliefs that they're not good enough, that they're a failure or whatever, you try to tell them, no, you're actually perfect the way you are. They're not going to believe you. They're going to feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a cognitive distance because that doesn't fit with the way that they see themselves. And yeah. a really good example that I actually just used in a session recently is Neville Longbottom in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. went his entire life being told that he's not good enough, that he doesn't have enough magic, and he's just a, a clumsy putz, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets to Hogwarts and again, he's internalized this for the first 11 years of his life. And really, it's actually no different than Harry. Harry's also being told for his first 11 years of his life that mm-hmm. he's, you know, horrible. But Neville actually internalized it a lot more deeply than Harry ever did. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, Harry shows up to Hogwarts totally comfortable. Yes, I'm a wizard. Okay. Like, <laughs> he was totally fine shedding those negative beliefs because they weren't his beliefs. They were mm-hmm. always someone else's. But with Neville, he took those other people's beliefs and made them his own. And he comes to Hogwarts and he's shy. He's nervous. He's scared. And then, you know, we finally see him open up in really it's the third book um, when Remus Lupin, you know, spoiler yeah. alert, Remus Lupin was a defense against the dark arts teacher in the third book. <laughs> if someone has not figured that, if someone hasn't read it, I'm really sorry. It's 20 year old. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's a 20 year old book series. So come on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he starts, te- you know, treating Neville with kindness and respect. Mm-hmm. And, Neville is like, wait, what? Like, I does not compute. Mm-hmm. Does not compute. <laughs> but that's what got him started to think, wait a minute, maybe I do have some value. Maybe I do have some worth. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes, wait, I like herbology. And I would assume that Professor Sprout, the herbology teacher, was also just as kind because she's a Hufflepuff. And I'm a Hufflepuff. And all Hufflepuffs are awesome. Um, <laughs> go Hufflepuffs. Uh, Perfect but, <laughs> but you know here we see you know these teachers recognizing some value in their student and it changes the way he sees himself he yeah. was so uncomfortable with being told you're good at this yeah after his first years being told he's not good and that's the yeah. cognitive dissonance you're basically believing these negative ideas about yourself and when someone is saying, look, this could be your ideal self. This could be who you can be. Does not compute. Yeah, Brains frying, you know, smoke coming out of your ears. Whatever cartoon shows that, there's a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them happen. I, I can't go into all of them. Um, but that's what it is. And so you start recognizing, wait, this is the way I see myself currently. This is what is my reality. And I'm not saying it real versus ideal as in this is an objective reality. Mm-hmm. It's a subjective reality. Right. So your yeah, subjective, subjective reality is the way that you look at yourself. And this is the negative beliefs you have right now. Mm-hmm. And, but this is the ideal is the way you would like to see yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't always, we can't always match it up on our own. And that's why therapy works to let's challenge the negative beliefs identify them as just thoughts create that distance change those neural pathways with neuroplasticity i think i just mispronounced that word um (laughs) but therapy is there to basically help you to be the best version of you right and i one thing that you i try to do a lot is validate this cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. because it is scary it it is uncomfortable and i tell my clients like hey when you replace a thought or a feeling or behavior you're getting cognitive distance so it's going to feel like you're lying to yourself mm-hmm. it's going to feel like it's not true and the thing that you have to do to kind of counter that is to just keep looking for the evidence that it is true right yeah. so as humans, we tend to look for the negative. Why? Because it kept us alive yes. <laughs> in the day. Like we we would look for the negative to say, oh, there might be a lion in that bush. Maybe I shouldn't walk past that bush, you know, type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, that's left over now, right? So, but we don't have to worry about the lion anymore. Um, so now the only we, lion is the one in our mind. Right, Exactly. So we have to counter that that negative thought process, that negative perception um, by looking for the evidence of the positive, because it's easy for us to see the negative, but it is mm-hmm. very, very, very hard for us to pay attention to the positive. And I, I know toxic positivity is a thing. So I'm not saying that you have to go around being like, oh, this flat tire is great, like, or <laughs> anything like that. It's just more you know, okay, I, I say productive. Yeah. What 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 is the productive thought that's gonna help you get where you want to go? This flat tire sucks. I'm going to be late to work and that all sucks. But it will be okay. Yeah, but I will get to work. 
You know, right. I will eventually get to where I need to go. And, right. you know, a lot of times with, the, you know, the cognitive dissonance is basically those negative thoughts protecting themselves. They yeah. want to stay there. They want to stay, yeah. you know, hold up in your brain, in your mind, mm-hmm. in your heart. And they don't want to leave. But cognitive mm-hmm. dissonance is you trying to kick them out and them mm-hmm. digging in and them you know, yep. refusing to leave. And, yep. you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance commitment therapy, whatever other therapy that we're using to challenge those thoughts, that's the, uh, you know, that's you smoking them out or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's you busting down to the door with the cops to evict them. And, yeah, I'm telling you, they go kicking and screaming. They I do. tell you what. And they will come back too. Like you'll think, like, oh man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like I, I fixed this and thought. I, I'll thing. move on to the next one. And then one thing happens, and you're you're like, oh gosh, darn it, I thought that was gone. But you at least know that it doesn't need to be there, yeah. you know, by that it point, belong. right? So you can fight it a little bit easier and be like, hey, no, okay, I know where that's coming from. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. It's not helping me, but um that's and I too like my clients worry about going back to where they were before and I'm like you can't do that cognitive dissonance means you literally are less likely to do it because if you're trying to change it again your body's gonna be like no we learned this new thing we don't want to change it again right and so it's not stepping back you can never be the person you were when you first stepped in my office right? Mm-hmm. Like there's situations that change the way you're thinking is changing, the way you're doing is changing, you know, all of those things. So you can't go back to that point. A man um, can't step in the same river twice. Exactly. Right. You know, so it's the, like the flowing, the water's flowing, you are changing as you grow. And yep. so the person you were at the beginning of session is not mm-hmm. the same person you are at the end of session. Yeah, this growth, even within the one hour that we're seeing you in that moment, and there's yes. definitely growth between the first ever session and the last ever session, that graduation moment, right. you are a completely different person. Your body has grown, your mind has changed, your brain has physically changed. It's and that's okay. And that's good. Do people have slip ups? Yes, that's that's part of growth. And and that's that's the thing that I talk about with my clients who are struggling with addiction is they tend to think of so I don't like to use the word relapse because mm-hmm. what most people think of as relapse is actually a complete like cessation of recovery and that's right. it you've gone back to your old habits one nope. drink is not a relapse it is uh-huh. a slip up it's a lapse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so you're not going back to your old behaviors. As long as you recognize, wait a minute, this was not good and doesn't fit my new who I am now. Mm-hmm. And then you can continue making that growth. In fact, you have yeah. to slip up. You have to make mistakes to grow. Otherwise, you don't right. grow. So all in short, I hope that this gives people some hope. Uh, just this, this, our podcast in general, but like these specific things, like this hopefully will give you the hope that you can change things even if it seems hopeless yeah if the negative if the monsters in your head are telling you it's impossible to change let us tell you it is possible and those monsters don't know what they're talking about we will give you the the bats and the and the you know weapons that you need to face that monster yeah and make it your own exactly in short, I'm hoping, dear listeners, that you are able to believe that, that this gives you a little hope, and that you will reach out for help if you need it, uh, to be able to be your ideal self. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> uh, I want for all of you to have a, the you know long bottom moment where you started off at a, as a shy you know, kind of pudgy, anxious, scared kid and turn into the badass hero at the end of your story. I mean, I'm all about D&D character development. You need to all long bottom. Yeah, I'll do the long bottom. That sounds like a dance. It does. 
the I mean, time. it's, you know, they talk about it. You change, you grow, mm-hmm. and you can achieve that. And so mm-hmm. please, if you think you can't, you can. It will take mm-hmm. time. It will be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard. But anything in life worth having takes work, takes effort. <laughs> Definitely. So please seek out help if you need it, if you feel like you could benefit from it. And kick those monsters out of their cave in your brain. Cha, wacha, like that. Wacha. Exactly. <laughs> you roll for initiative and you cast fireball at it. Exactly. Cast fireball. Like giant fireball of doom. <laughs> I didn't ask how big the room was. It, it doesn't. I, need, I it said does... I cast fireball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, I think that's all we wanted to cover. Um, next week, we will be covering different levels of care. And that is that is your specialty, yes. right, Benjamin? You did that for five years. <laughs> yes. So just a kind of a quick disclaimer. Levels of care means different places where you would get mental health services at different for different needs and different severities mm-hmm. of needs. Um, so please, you know, listen in. Especially this will be an important episode people who may be struggling with more serious health mental health issues mm-hmm. or if you have a loved one who is really struggling with mental health issues and you don't know where to go i hope that this episode will give at least some hint to where you might be able to find help unfortunately different states have different availabilities of these levels of care and there are different laws yeah. regarding access to those cares so you would need to look up the laws and access in your state but I can at least tell you what the different kinds of things are. So you know what to look for. Right. Yeah. So I uh, can't wait for that because I'm going to learn some stuff on that one even, I feel like. See, even the um, licensed people need to learn new things too. Exactly. I wonder if you can count this as your CEs. <laughs> uh, totally. To- 100% hour. I wish. Um, <laughs> so uh, to, to sign off here, Benjamin, where can everybody find you? Well, in addition to finding me at the MHQ podcast, you can also find me at my other podcast, My Hero Therapy, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at My Hero Therapy, where we discuss the My Hero Academia anime, and we learn how to be heroes in real life. Yay! (laughs) And you can find me at Nat20Therapy on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I use RPG um rpgs for a tool to do therapy doesn't that sound like fun so i think that's it for today i hope you all have a good day thank you all bye please take care of yourselves and make today amazing Mm